Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's happening here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media. So be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now enjoy the message. What is the world coming to? It's a question that's percolating the minds of people really all over the world. Given the uncertainty and the instability of our world today, you think about wars and rumors of wars and pandemics, they're coming back apparently. Do they ever leave? Are they coming? Who knows? We've got um, biological science that used to be settled. Apparently it's unsettled now. We've got all kinds of fear and anger. People are at each other's throats. We've got broken political systems and inflation and economic uncertainty. The Cowboys beat the Giants 44 to nothing last week. What's happening? (laughs) Something's going on. What is the world coming to? That's a question that we've actually been answering in this series, which is designed for us to be able to unpack and discover what are the sequence of events that God is going to initiate on the earth that is going to usher in what theologians refer to as eschatology, that is the study of the end times. And if you haven't seen or heard any one of the three previous messages, please go back and watch those. Pastor Bill did a masterful job of giving us like a 30,000 square foot view of each of these sequence of events, which includes the rapture of the church, the seven year tribulation period, the millennial reign, the thousand year reign of Christ on the earth, the final judgments. And today, yes, today I'm tying a bow on top of that four part series. This is the final installment and we are talking about heaven. Is somebody excited about heaven in the house today? Well, I sure hope so. Listen, heaven, the idea of heaven for a Christian should be exhilarating. It should be encouraging. It should be exciting. Why? Because heaven is not wishful thinking. Heaven is a blood-bought guarantee purchased by Jesus on the cross, promised to all, anyone, I'll say it again, anyone who chooses to trust in him alone for salvation. It's not wishful thinking. It's a blood-bought promise. We don't have to hope for heaven We can front load that hope in our lives and live with that anticipation, live with that appreciation of the promise of us being with our God one day. And by the way, it may be much sooner than we think. What is the world coming to? That's what we're unpacking today. We're talking about heaven. So why don't you turn to somebody, give them a high five and say, I plan to see you in heaven. I don't know if you're like me, but anytime I plan to take a trip, I'm going somewhere, I wanna be prepared, guilty as charged. I'm type A, my itineraries have itineraries. <laughs> Jessica loves it. If I'm going on vacation or even just taking a little road trip, I want to know exactly what is going to be there so I can be prepared. I wanna know what the weather's gonna be like because I gotta pack the right clothes. Your boy likes to look good. I wanna make sure that I know what are the hot spots? Where do the locals gather? Like what's that hidden gem of a restaurant? What kind of food do they have there? Um, What's the culture and the customs of that place going to be like? What are the activities? What are all the things that we get to do? Why do I put that kind of time and effort into it? It's because I want to be prepared. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. 
So my mission for today is to try to prepare you for heaven. Now, I, I wanna say this from the outside, outset of my message. Um, I have come to the realization that I am probably going to fall short. I, I am likely not going to hit the mark. I mean, how could I? I mean, who could actually do heaven justice? And so if you're the kind of person that loves to send emails with critiques, remind the communicator of his or her shortcomings, go get your phone out, get the mail out, new message, and just get ready to work those thumbs. And by the way, whatever you send to me, I will likely agree. I will probably go, yeah, you're right. In fact, Paul, the apostle, would agree with that statement. Why? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse nine, he says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine all that God has prepared for those who love him. There's just no way. I could adequately, sufficiently talk about heaven, but I'm gonna try my best. We're gonna look at the scriptures and we're gonna see just a glimpse of what God has prepared for us. The apostle John, while he was exiled on the island of Patmos, he received a vision by the spirit of God and, and Jesus told him, write down everything that you see. And John, he did. And so today we're gonna look at Revelation 21 and 22, at least excerpts, from those two passages where we can really see this beautiful picture, just a little bit of a glimpse. The Bible says, now we see dimly, but then we'll see more fully. We see just a shadow of things to come, but oh, this shadow is still beautiful. So we're gonna look at just a couple of excerpts. It'll be on the screen, Revelation 21 and 22. Here's what John sees as the Spirit of God gives him this ability to look into the future and see heaven. Here's what it says. John writes, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, like a, be a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home it's now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and they will reign forever and ever. How does that sound? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Is that a place you'd like to visit? Stay a while, stay forever? Me too. Heaven is where you are headed if you love Jesus. Heaven's where you're headed. What I wanna do for the next few minutes is I want to look at a couple of themes that were in this passage of scripture. And for time's sake, I'm really just gonna hone in on three. I'm gonna give you three truths about heaven today. And boy, there's so much more we could talk about, but we've gotta get through this material expeditiously. And so the first theme, if you're taking notes, it means you really wanna to go to heaven. <laughs> Point number one is we're gonna talk about the place, the place of heaven. Heaven's a real place with real people. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. One thing I know about places is they have locations. 
They have an address. You can go to those places. Heaven has a physical and a spiritual place. Well, with that being said, where is heaven? If it's a place, where is it? Where is it? Well, it depends on which heaven you're talking about. All throughout scripture, we see heaven defined as one of three things. Either heaven as the sky, right? Look into the heavens. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord, talking about the sky. The stars declare the work of your hands. That's the second heaven, outer space. And then there's the third heaven, the heaven where God is. It's God's dwelling place where he lives with his people. That's the heaven that we're talking about. There's heaven, the sky, heaven, outer space. And then there's heaven, the place where God dwells with his people. Now, when we talk about heaven, you have to understand heaven actually has two different locations. The place where God dwells, two different locations in two different points in the timeline of history. The first heaven you might refer to as present heaven. And then there's a second heaven, which you might refer to as future heaven. How do I know this? Well, let me explain it this way. Right now, we live in a physical realm, right? Also, intersecting this physical realm is a spiritual realm. We live where there's a physical and spiritual realm coexisting together. Now, let me give you an example. In 2 Kings verse six, it's the story of Elisha, the prophet. He's with his servant and they're inside of this home, inside of a city. And, and the Arameans, they have just had it with Elisha and all of his prophecies and, and working for God. And, and it, it, it spells out trouble for king, the king of Aram. And so he decides to send his troops to surround the city while Elisha and his servants sleep. Well, the servant of Elisha wakes up in the middle of the night and he goes outside and he's like, ah! like he just sees this huge military that's coming after him and Elisha. So he frantically wakes up Elijah, Elisha and he says, Elisha, you, you gotta get up, man. They're coming for us. We're outnumbered, what are we gonna do? And I love how Elisha, he's so calm. Oh, it reminds me of Jesus in the boat with his disciples and there's a storm and the disciples are frantic and they're panicking. Jesus, why don't you care for us? Do you not know there's a storm that could take our lives? And Jesus kind of just, Yeah, I have it taken care of. He calms the storm. Elisha has the confidence of God with him and he just calmly wakes up. And here's what Elisha said. He said, don't worry. We have greater number than they do. And the servant's like, hmm? Where? Where? Then Elisha prays. He says, God, I pray that you would give my servant eyes to see. So Elisha goes outside and what does he see? He sees the hills are filled with horses and chariots of fire. God's angel armies were there the whole time. You see, right now, all we see is physical. There is an unseen spiritual realm coexisting with the physical realm right now. So where is present heaven? I don't know. It's a spiritual realm, but I would suggest to you, it is closer than you think. It is closer than you think. We are one heartbeat, one breath away from stepping out of this physical realm and into a spiritual realm, either to be with God or without God. I love how we see a picture of this when Jesus was hanging on the cross and one of the thieves turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me today when you go into your kingdom. And remember what Jesus said? He said, today, I will see you in paradise. No layover, no wait time. When you take your last breath, you will join me in present heaven, a spiritual realm where I, God, will dwell with my people, including you, because you look to me and not to yourself. So there is present heaven, a spiritual place of which its location we don't know. 
Then there's future heaven. Oh, that's what John was talking about. Whenever heaven will go from this spiritual unseen realm to merging together with the physical, heaven will be right here on this earth. Not in its current condition. The earth is gonna be renewed, remade, rejuvenized, revitalized. It sounds like I'm selling some sort of face cream. It's gonna be amazing. New heaven right here. God is gonna restore Eden, make it even better. So what will that be like? Oh, I wanna describe it to you. Here's what new heaven is gonna be like. It will be a place of unimaginable beauty, unimaginable beauty. Um, imagine for a minute that you have enough disposable income to quit your job and just travel for the next decade. Sounds pretty good. You travel the world for the next decade. Oh, the places you would go, the majestic mountains that you would see, the, the luscious tropical landscapes, the cascading waterfalls, the rolling hills, and I'm just getting started. Now, I want you to imagine seeing all of that and more, but without the curse, without sin. I want you to imagine that there are colors that our eyes have never seen before, sensations of joy and pleasure never experienced. I want you to imagine a petting zoo with all wildlife in the world in it. And yet the lion and the lamb, they lay down together and frolic and play. I want you to imagine this beautiful city, cities of cities and countries filled with vibrant people, laughing, having a good time, enjoying each other's company. There's no dilapidated buildings. There's no urban decay. There's no traffic. That's hard to imagine. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine all the beauty that God has. New heaven will not only be a place of unimaginable beauty, it'll be a place of unending pleasure. All that is bad, gone. Only that which is good, pleasing, and perfect will be in new heaven. No more pain, no more sadness, no more tears, no more doom, no more gloom, no more stress, no more anxiety, no more depression, no more violence, no more racism, no more injustice, no more waking up at three o'clock in the morning because you gotta pee. <laughs> Look forward that day. There'll be nothing bad. There'll be no bad breath, no more Mondays, no more that time of the month, and all of God's children, men and women alike said, amen. amen. It's gonna be a beautiful place, unending pleasure. It's gonna be a place that'll be our forever home, our forever home. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. Now, I don't know what my home's gonna be like, but I sure hope it's a good one. I have a sneaky suspicion. It's gonna be a little bit better than my humble abode. And I'm grateful for what I have. Oh, I'm so grateful. But I bet my home in heaven is gonna be glorious. It reminds me of a story of this New York taxi cab driver and an old preacher. They both die on the same day and they step into heaven and they're greeted by St. Peter. And Peter's like, hey guys, welcome. Let me show you your place. And so they take the taxi cab driver to his home first. And man, wouldn't you know it, it's this immaculate mansion on the side of a cliff overlooking this body of water. And the taxi cab driver is just elated, overjoyed. That's for me. Peter's like, yeah, all, that, that's all over the place. 
yeah, go check it out. And he just zooms right out of there. Now the preacher's watching this the whole time unfold and he is ecstatic because the taxi cab driver gets a mansion like that. Oh, how much better will the man of God who preaches the word, how much better will his mansion be? So Peter says, right this way, sir. Go right down to a creek and there's a shack. He says, all right, there you are. That, that's it? The preacher was confused, dumbfounded, even disappointed. If, if the taxi cab driver got that mansion and I, I get this little, this little shack here, what gives? And Peter says, well, well, there's no mistakes in heaven. I'll tell you what happened. Every single time someone got into the cab driver's car, they prayed a lot. When they got into your church and listened to your sermons, they slept a lot. <laughs> now, I don't know what my home is gonna be like in heaven, but I believe it's gonna be amazing. God will have everything that I need and more. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. What an incredible place it's gonna be. It's gonna be a place where God will live with his people. Now that, that at first hearing doesn't sound very impressive. God, God will be here. That's a miracle. In the Old Testament, you couldn't look at God's face and live. Moses tried it one time. He's like, Lord, show me your glory. And Jesus said, you can't handle my glory. But what I will do is you can go hide yourself in the little cleft of that rock and I'll pass by and you can see my backside and that's it. And Moses did. And he steps down from Mount Sinai. And he's glow, glowing. That's how much glory God has. I remember that the high priest would walk into the most holy of holies in the tabernacle once a year to offer the sacrifice of atonement. And they would tie a rope around his waist because if he got too close to the glory of God, he would die. And they'd pull his carcass out of the holy of holies. We get to step into the presence of God and see Jesus face to face with no fear but just honor and glory and reverence. We will see him for who he really is. A God of love, a God of mercy, of justice, of righteousness and truth. We will finally no longer have to pray prayers and hope they make it to heaven and, and hear my own words praying at night. Oh, he'll hear my voice. I'll know for sure because I'll look at him in the eyes and he'll look at me and I will see myself as he sees me, loved, whole, holy, because of his blood shed for me. What a glorious day that's gonna be. What an incredible place. It's a place, a real place with real people. And there's a whole lot going on in heaven. Heaven has a program, point number two, the program. What are we gonna do? We know where heaven is, present heaven. It's a spiritual place of which its location, we don't know, but it's a real place. It's a paradise Jesus talked about. New heaven is gonna be right here on the earth. We know that, but there's a program. We are going to do some stuff, you guys. It's gonna be amazing. There's a widely held misconception about heaven that it's just gonna be boring. We're just gonna lethargically lay around on fluffy clouds playing harps while half-naked chubby babies with wings fly overhead. You've seen that? It's just gonna be boring. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a drag. We're gonna endure 10,000 years of singing the same song over and over again. That couldn't be further from the truth. Where did this misconception come from? I have a sneaky suspicion. Came straight from the devil. Lucifer, who's a created angel, right? And he was one of three archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. Lucifer had it in his heart to ascend on high, to be like God. He wanted to overthrow God. He wanted to be worshiped. And there was no other God but God. He will have no other. There is no rival. And so as a result of his rebellion, the Lord 
he, he sent Lucifer from heaven to the earth and a third of the angels decided to follow after Lucifer in, in, an, in an act of rebellion. That's what the word tells us. Well, the devil, he doesn't want us to enjoy what he gave up. He, he doesn't want us to be in the presence of God because he gave up that right. So what is he trying to do? Well, if he can't convince us that heaven and, and, and hell are fake, if he can't convince us of that, which by the way, he definitely does, he wants us to think that this life is all there is to it. So you might as well, you do you, I'll do me. We just live it up, live a life of self-indulgence and self-pleasure, hedonism, because once you are buried six feet under the ground, that's it. That, he wants us to believe that, because then he wins. If he can't convince us of that, he, he kind of moves to tactic number two. And that's to convince us that hell isn't that bad and heaven is just that boring. So we don't wait with eager anticipation. We're not motivated to live a life that matters because we know that heaven awaits us. That's where this misconception comes from. But listen, heaven is gonna be an adventurous place of incredible activity. Look no further than the bodies we are gonna get. We are getting upgraded, y'all upgraded, revamped. The reason why I know that our bodies are gonna be absolutely remarkable in every way is because the Bible tells us in Philippians 3, I got a verse to share with you. Philippians 3 verse 20 says this, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, here we go, will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious body. If you and I wanna know what our new bodies in heaven will be like, we look to Jesus' resurrected body in scripture as the prototype for ours. Let me give you a few examples. You look in John chapter 20, Luke chapter 24, Acts chapter one, we see numerous examples of what Jesus was able to do in his glorified body. And it is absolutely astonishing. Jesus, whenever the disciples were in an upper room uh, after Jesus raised from the grave, it says he appeared. He just appeared. No door, no climbing through the window. He just, here I am. He appeared. What does that tell me? It tells me that you and I, when we receive our, our glorified body, that we are gonna have some superpowers. We, we may very well be able to travel at the speed of thought. Hawaii, psh, there you are. The moon, psh, there you are. When Jesus left, earth and went to heaven, he ascended. What do you think the ascended ascension is? Flying. We very well may be able to fly. You remember when you were a kid and you get on the couch and you would just, if I, if I believe enough, I jump high enough, I will fly. Nope. We may very well be able to fly. Our, our glorified bodies, although they will be physical, we will be able to defy the laws of physics and nature that we're bound to on this side of, of eternity because of the curse. But we will have physical bodies. I know that because Jesus, when he appears in the room, he says to his disciples, look, see, I'm flesh and bone. I'm flesh and bone. You can touch me. And by the way, Jesus's body is the only body in heaven that's gonna have any kind of scar of any kind of pain of any type. It was inflicted here on the earth. He's gonna have the wounds in his wrists and in his feet and the spear mark in his side so that we will forever be reminded of the eternal efficacy of his death on a cross that purchased our salvation so we could be with him for all eternity. But as far as our bodies, oh, they're gonna be nice. No flaws. You and I are receive a perfect body made whole revamped, impervious to pain, no more sickness, no more doctor visits, no more pain medication, no more muscle fatigue. You'll be able to run and never get tired. 
that, that receding hairline, poof. You're gonna have some great hair, great hair. You, you're gonna have true soul glow, soul glow. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. You're gonna be able to do things you've never done before. And you're gonna be able to do things that you used to be able to do. You can't do any longer. Your body will be able to enjoy food to the glory of God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You are not going to be hungry and you will not thirst. You will not eat and drink because you have to, you'll do it because you want to. What a joy that will be to be able to eat in heaven. I believe you and I haven't tasted our favorite food yet. We have, we have taste buds under the curse, but then we'll have perfected taste buds. We've never tasted our favorite food. There's some foods, however, I hope are in heaven. Like I hope Chipotle is at every corner. I do, I really do. I hope that my, 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 my wife's grandmother on the Cuban side, oh, I hope that she still makes those, those uh, negros frijoles y arroz, she's Cuban. Ooh, it's good, it's, it's taste bud tantalizing. I hope it's there, but it's gonna be even better. We're gonna be to eat with each other. Oh, I love Matthew chapter 11. Here's how Jesus, chapter eight, verse 11. Here's how Jesus brings this into focus. He says, I say to you that many will come from the East and the West, will take their places at the feast. Hello, the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. We're going to be able to have casual dining experiences with these incredible people. Even people who we consider as patriarchs, heroes of the faith. Can you imagine just sitting down and be like, oh, hey, Moses. Hey, it's good seeing you. Oh, hey, can you pass me the manna? Thank you. Oh, hey, Elijah. Hey, my, my steak's a little cold today. Can you just call out some fire from heaven to make it? Thank you. Mm, something's missing. Lot, can you pass me the salt? Hey, don't be so sensitive, man. At least you made it. Insider Bible jokes. Okay, look, our glorified bodies are gonna be the same, but different. You will be you, I will be me, that doesn't change. You will be recognized as you, I'll be recognized as me, but it'll be different. It'll be perfected in every way. I don't imagine that you have a few areas of insecurity about your body. Hi, it's me, me too. In heaven, I'm no longer gonna be insecure you're no longer gonna be insecure. There are parts of your body you're never gonna be dissatisfied with, and here's why, because you will finally see you as God sees you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are one of one. You are a designer's original. You are a true masterpiece. Isn't that gonna be a great day? What else will we do? We'll enjoy relationships. Heaven will be a place where we enjoy each other's company. Uh, in the transfiguration in Matthew 17, Jesus, he brings James, John, Peter up on this hillside and, and he reveals his glory, his glory. And, and Peter's like, whoa. And then all of a sudden here comes Elijah and Moses. They join Jesus on this mountain. And Peter says, Jesus, this is awesome. I'm so glad I'm here. And then he says to Jesus, should I build an altar? One for you, Jesus, one for uh, Moses and one for Elijah? What does that suggest? It suggests that even though Peter had never met Moses, never met Elijah. He knew exactly who they were. You and I in heaven are gonna enjoy relationships. We're gonna know people we've never met. And people will know us who've never met us. That also includes, we'll know people that we knew. 
here on the earth. How incredible that would be to be able to walk up and just casually ask questions. David, what was it like to slay Goliath? Tell me the story. Deborah, how was it whenever you led the nation of Israel into battle? Noah, how did it work on the ark? Like what was, how did that work? How did did that happen? Uh, Mary, what was it like to carry Jesus in your womb, raise him as a child, and then one day have him in your heart? Oh, ladies, if you had difficulty in childbirth, you can walk straight up to Eve and say, really? Was it worth it? Maybe the most compelling, oh, the most compelling part of enjoying relationships is that you and I are gonna be able to see people in heaven that died in Christ and went before us. A family member, a spouse, a child. We're gonna see them and enjoy eternity with them. Oh, we're gonna laugh together. We're gonna make up for lost time. We're gonna enjoy each other's company. We're gonna go have some pumpkin spice frappuccinos. It's gonna be amazing. What a faithful God that we have, that we get to enjoy relationships with people. We're gonna work in heaven. Well, that doesn't sound fun. Listen to Revelation 22, verse three. The throne of God and and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. We're gonna work in heaven and it's gonna be pure joy, no stress, no layoffs, no fear of termination, no no desire to step on and over someone to get a promotion. No more TGIF, no, 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 TGIT. Thank God it's today. It's gonna be a good day every single day. And based on my study of heaven, it seems like there is so much continuity between today and future heaven that we very well may use our passions, our skills, our experiences acquired and learned here, there. If you love gardening, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna grow tomatoes on steroids. If you like art, you're gonna paint in a way they'll make Michelangelo blush. If you're an architect, the incredible designs that you're gonna build all for the glory of God, that we're gonna use our passions, our, our skills, our experiences to glorify God. Work is gonna be such a joy for us to serve Christ. We will rule and reign with Christ forever. Heaven is not boring. It's a place of of incredible activity. There's a program waiting for us. It's a real place. And lastly, there is a clearly defined pathway. There's a pathway. I want you to imagine for a second that this rope right here, this rope represents time. Over here, we've got eternity past as far as you can see. And there's only God, like only God's there. God God always has been, nothing came before him. So there's God and eternity past. And over here, we have eternity future. We have new heaven, new earth. We have hell, hell's there too. It's, It's eternity in the future where we will be someday. And then right here, in this little pink tape part, we have the entire history of mankind. Right there, God creates Adam in the Garden of Eden. It was good, but it wasn't good that Adam was alone. So he makes him go to sleep, takes a rib out of Adam, fashions it into a woman. And Adam's like, whoa, man, that's good. (laughs) Then there's the fall, they rebel. Eve treated knowledge of good and evil, sin and death spread on the earth and the curse is present. You fast forward somewhere and you got Jesus. Jesus, God in the flesh, lives a life of sinless perfection, 
offers himself on a cross to make the payment for our sin. The death we deserve, he died. He was buried, he rose again, dealing the final blow, undoing the works of the devil, defeating death by the power of his resurrection so we may have eternal life in him. Fast forward, you got the Renaissance. Fast forward, Gutenberg invents the printing press. Reformation, Industrial Revolution, World War I, Great Depression, World War II, Civil Rights Act. Fast forward, 1969 Miracle Mets. Fast forward, 1984, the year I was born. <laughs> and then right there is you. Eternity past, nothing but God. Eternity future. Life on earth. The whole history of mankind. Life is a vapor. It's a mist. We are here one minute, gone the next. And yet we get so consumed with the here and now, the day to day. How many likes do I get on Instagram? And, and am I moving up in the world? And does everybody like me? And how do, how do I look? All these things, which maybe they have their place of importance, but they pale in comparison to eternity. Ecclesiastes 3 says, God has placed eternity in the heart of man. C.S. Lewis says, when speaking of heaven, it's the, it's the secret signature of the soul. We would do ourselves a lot of good if we didn't stay so focused on the here and now, which is over like that, and we focus more on eternity. If you focus on heaven, you get earth thrown in. You'll live abundant life now and eternal life later. You focus on earth, you get neither. You live a life that's meaningless, a life of self-absorption. You miss out on heaven. If you were to die today, where are you spending eternity? There's a way for us to know that. Jesus says in John 14, verses one through six, he says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me also. For in my Father's house are many dwelling places and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, then surely I'll return so that you will be where I am. And you know the way. And Thomas, thank God for Thomas. He asked the question that we're asking. I, I don't, we don't know the way, where are you going? Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. We know the pathway. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. There's a widely held mis misconception out there in the world that says heaven's the default destination. Most people are going there because most people are good people. Let me translate good people. That means I've never murdered anybody. I'm not a drug dealer. I don't, I don't abuse people. I'm a good person. Good people go to heaven. Listen to me. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. None of us are good. Nobody, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and are in need of a savior. All of us, nobody's good. That's what makes the gospel so good is that while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh died for us so we could live. And he raised again and he's offering that invitation to anyone, 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 even those people in the back, anybody who will turn from their sin, repent and trust in Jesus alone for salvation will be saved. Oh, I love the word of God. It says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. They will not be disappointed. He will never turn you away. Who goes to heaven? Forgiven people. Forgiven people go to heaven. Now, if you already know Jesus, then 
remember heaven's not only your destination, let it be your motivation to live a good life. Live a life that matters. Don't sweat the small stuff. Love God, glorify God, serve people. It's not about me anymore, it's about you. The son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And if you don't know Jesus, when's the day of salvation? Today, today. You're not guaranteed, you're not even guaranteed the next breath other than the one you just took. Today's the day of salvation. Heaven's a real place for real people, for real forgiven people who call in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, the program. Oh, it's gonna be amazing, exciting, and adventurous. There's a singular path, pathway. Jesus is not the preferred method. He's not an option. He's not the best option. He's the only option. And he's inviting you to know him as you are fully known by him. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for the promise of heaven. It's not wishful thinking. It's a blood-bought guarantee that Jesus, you made. You promised us that by your death on the cross and resurrection, if we would trust in you, it's by your grace through our faith we are saved, not by work so that no one can boast. I pray there's anyone in here in the sound of my voice that isn't sure about where they would go if they die tomorrow, that they will know they can be sure. They can settle that now by trusting in Jesus alone for salvation. Say, Lord, I know I've sinned. I turn from my sin. I turn to you. I trust in you, Jesus. Come into my heart, be my savior. I believe you died and rose again for me. Father, anyone here who's made that decision and is straight away from you, remind them that they're never too far. Their relationship is still intact. Fellowship needs some work. Relationship never changes. You will never turn, turn us down. You'll never walk away from us. When we walk away from you, you pursue us. God, I pray that all prodigals come back today. And Father, I pray that we be motivated to tell the good news to people so that one day we can be with you as you will live with us right here in new heaven, new earth, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us by visiting metchurch.com so that we can follow up with you this week. We look forward to seeing you next week.